0: You're listening to 101.9 KIFM. I'm Benji Shulman and this is the new Blue Review Welcome to the program, good to be with you on this lovely Monday morning on 101.9 Chaifem, hope you had a fantastic weekend and uh, got to relax but well done also to Kathy on her uh, nomination for the Jewish Achievers Award, really really great evening, uh, well done to the guys for putting that together, it was a really quite an astounding array of uh, interest in what's going on in the Jewish community and it's good to see that everyone is doing so well, and there's so many different and interesting things going on in our community. Uh, but uh, for for the new blue review, I'm going to be talking about that today. Uh, we've got someone else uh, to talk to. It's also uh, someone said last night that this was the Jewish overachiever award, so we've got a bit of an overachiever uh, in the studio. In fact, it's not often that I get uh, to to actually interview a legitimate genius. In the studio uh, And basically that's what we have in the studio for you today uh, He's a guy He comes from Prof, it's nduduzi in in, 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 in Limpopo. Uh, Dutuni. Dutuni. There we go, Dutuni. Uh, this man's CV is, is quite uh, outstanding. He, he's, he's, studied at Cambridge, he's studied at Harvard, uh, he, he went to Vitz, he's been to Varsity, the Western Cape, and he is, uh, if you were reading the news recently, just been nominated to become the Vice-Chancellor of the University of Johannesburg. Uh, his name is, and, and apparently, the, I can't even even be blamed for getting his name slightly wrong because the words don't exist in English to pronounce the word he was explaining to me before the before the break. It's Professor Tilditi Marwala. How, how, was it, out of out of out of ten, Prof. How was that? Uh, it's a six. It's a six. Oh, all right. By the end of the show, we'll get to, we'll get to eight. I promise.
1: <laughs>
0: we'll just we'll just refer to him as Professor Marwala, uh, and he has uh he's as I say recently been uh been nominated to become the Vice Chancellor of the University of Johannesburg. And when I met him, uh, the other day at a function, he told me that he's also a regular listener to Chai FM. So I thought, well, you, you can't, uh, you can't let something like that go by. And we invited him into the studio. We have a lot of Jewish students who are at UJ. Uh, we, he has a lot of very interesting ideas. Uh, by the way, uh, the professor is uh, an expert in, in engineering And particularly uh, computer science and, and all these sorts of things uh, he, in, And he, he's done all sorts of stuff He's a world expert in artificial intelligence And um, he's even giving a talk you're going to have to talk to us about this talk, Professor About Skynet, right? He's actually talking about Skynet uh, and if, So if you know anything about Terminator and Hollywood movies This guy has actually done the real theory behind it So we're going to be talking a little bit about that We're going to be talking uh, about UJ We're going to be talking uh, about uh, uh, the campus of AI. It's going to be a fantastic discussion uh, And we're just going to take a, a short break We'll come back, we'll be doing it just after this billions of people
1: walking talking sleeping, thinking dreaming breathing crying
0: growing cool. smiling running laughing billions of people living billions of people listening 101.9 high fm your radio station of choice since 2008 From talk to music, from Johannesburg to Israel, from sport to business, this is 101.9 IFM. 101.9. 101.9. Hi, Fem, I'm Benji Shulman. Welcome to the New Blue Review. We are speaking to Professor Marwala. He is currently the Deputy Vice Chancellor for Research at UJ uh, and will soon become uh, the, the 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 Vice Chancellor uh, for UJ. Uh, if you don't know what that is, the, the cha- Vice Chancellor, despite what the name suggests, is actually the big boss uh, at the university. So he really is going to be doing all the hard graft um, at the university. And please, if you have any questions, if you uh, want to know about universities, if you want to know about research, if you want to know about AI, if you want to know about all these things, uh, the, the professor would love to take your questions, 34519, email us on air, you can WhatsApp us, 0621482374, we're very happy to take any questions that you might have. Professor, welcome to the show, thank you so much for being on the new Blue Review. No, thank you very much, Benji, for the invitation. Yeah, and uh, it's great to have you. Professor, I want you to start off by giving us a bit of your background, you know, Uh I have to say, I've been to Limpopo once or twice. I haven't heard of, of your hometown. I think it's quite a small village, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Uh, how does, how does a guy from a village in Limpopo go to be working in the intellectual hubs of, of the world?
1: Uh, well, uh, I was born in, uh, in Limpopo province, uh, in this village called Dutuni. Just to give you a sense of the direction, if you, if you take the N1 all the way to uh, now they call it Macado. Mm-hmm. Uh, it used to be called Louis Trihat. And uh there at uh, at the at the traffic circle, if you take the Punda Maria Road going to the Punda Maria Gate at the Kruger National Park, the first uh traffic light, a robot, uh, is actually in my village
0: (laughs) (laughs) So pretty much, I mean, if you're going to Punda Maria You're basically going as far north as you can go before you hit Zimbabwe I mean, it's really up at the top of the end of the country
1: Absolutely, you actually have to cross the Tropic of uh, Capricorn Hmm. Despite uh, what people say, uh, the trees are not different on the other side of the Tropic of Capricorn it's uh, probably one of the You know, South Africa is pretty much uh, South of the Tropic of Capricorn mm-hmm. So uh, that part of the world Is one of the smallest parts Of South Africa that is uh, At the top of Tropic of Capricorn
0: and, and I actually think I'm going to disagree With you there, Professor, because if you go up That northern part of the country uh the the baobab trees which you don't find that many of uh, in the rest of the country are just astounding i mean it's some of the most beautiful trees i think i've ever seen absolutely. In, in the, in, absolutely in the in the world
1: absolutely so i i i grew up there i went to high school there mm-hmm. i finished my matric there uh when i was in matric uh, i participated in the science olympiad uh, uh and then I, I i attended the the Science Week in Johannesburg It was the second time I was coming to Johannesburg When I attended the Science Week Then I went and attended um, The Science Fortnight in London uh, mm-hmm. This was just before the Fall of the Berlin Wall I think I must be one of the few people Who were in the same room With West and East Germans Representing two different countries mm-hmm. And and I mean it,
0: We often think These days about Popo. And the schooling system there as being a place where where people burn schools, where there's a lot of like uh, uh, you know unrest around the education system. Uh, is, is, was that the case when when you were there? Was there a strong ethic of of, of education and 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 people wanting to get themselves educated?
1: We are actually quite uh, uh, worried about the burning of schools. Uh, mm-hmm. Just to give you a sense of direction, uh, where the schools were being burned, yeah, is actually not more than. Uh, 20 kilometers from my village. So it's pretty much at the same place. Uh, And I think, um, you know, we are worried uh, when people start uh, burning uh, schools and books, uh, everybody should be worried, you know, because I think uh, the basis of any functional society is education. Uh, and, And certainly when you see any move towards the destruction of that, it is quite worrying. But when I was growing up, uh, education was quite valid. Um, and I, I also would like to also put it on record that, uh, the banning of schools at Vuani is not an indication of, uh, of, of, of what is happening in the entire area. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the entire, it's, it's quite, it's pretty much a big, uh, place with, uh, with huge participation in education. So, uh, uh, and a lot of, uh, our, our kids actually, their education has not been disrupted, which is quite good. But, uh, we, we were worth it. So mm-hmm. that is where I grew up. Uh, we never bent any school set when I was growing up.
0: So, so you went to the science fair, you met some East Germans, some West Germans, uh, you, Some you, Russians. Uh, <laughs> basically everyone that was everyone back at the time. I,
1: yeah, I think we had delegates from more than a hundred countries. Uh, so it was quite uh special for me because it was uh, i mean i'm i'm pretty much a rural boy mm-hmm. so so it was a bit of a cultural shock uh, moving away from we did not have gps by then you know right. so my sense of direction was uh, uh, the sunset you know and uh, uh, london is not particularly a place where you can use the sun as, a, <laughs> as 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 a point of direction because there is no sun much of the time So, uh, and when I went there, people were talking about science, Uh, uh, you know, we went to Imperial College where I ended up working after my PhD and uh, everybody was talking about superconductors and how it is going to change the world. I must confess, ever since the science fair, I've not heard much about superconductors, (laughs) but I do know that uh, you have trains that are being, uh, bullet trains that are being used, uh, that use the concept of superconductors.
0: Okay, so so you, you basically uh, w- where did you actually do your your PhD?
1: Well, uh, you know, after high school, I actually came to Johannesburg to do A levels at mm-hmm. St John's College. I know St John's College has been on the news for for for, for other reasons. O- but, all, uh, all the schools that you went to <laughs> in the news for for for, for, uh, for reasons. <laughs> and then uh, and then uh, when I was at St John's College, I decided that I was going to go and do my undergraduate in. Cleveland, Ohio, United oh. States. <laughs> so that's where I, I did my first degree. Uh, then I came back uh, to South Africa uh, after 1994 just to see how how things are after our the advent of our democracy. And then I came back and did a master's at Turkish,
0: sure.
1: uh for one and a half years. And then I went to University of Cambridge to do a PhD in artificial intelligence. Um, And then uh, after that, I went to University of London. Uh, Imperial College was the College of University of London, just there next to the Science Museum uh, in South Kensington. Uh, So I worked there for for two years uh, as a postdoctoral fellow. And uh, then I came back to South Africa after that.
0: Absolutely amazing. Prof, we're going to take a short break. When we come back, we'll be talking more. I want to get into uh, what you're going to be doing with UJ. The best part of your day. At the heart of your community. All the talk. All the music. All the news. Chai on. 101.9. Hi, Fem. I'm Benji Shulman, and this is the New Blue Review. Welcome back to the program. Uh, if you were not sure, uh, we're interviewing today Professor Marwala. He is... Uh, the Designate VC Is that that's the correct term, huh, Professor?
1: Yeah, uh, he's uh, Vice-Chancellor Designate
0: Vice-Chancellor Designate for the University of Johannesburg And we're just talking to him, getting a sense about his life Talking about what he hopes to do uh, with the university If you have any questions for the professor You can SMS us, 34519 Email us on com, Tweet us at Haifem Or even WhatsApp us, oh six two one four eight two three seven four. So, Professor, you, you, you started off at WITS uh, You were a lecturer there for a while doing some work uh, and then you, you moved to u j uh, uh, some some time ago. you work very much in the, the, in the sciences uh, uh, field. Uh, talk to us a bit about what kind of sciences you 're you're, you're involved in because I think it 's very cutting edge and very pertinent to South Africa at the moment
1: yeah absolutely. I, I work in, a, a, in the field called artificial intelligence. How do you build machines that think like human beings? Mm-hmm. And uh, I work at the theoretical level and the practical level. Just to give you an example, uh, one of the, uh, the the applications that we made, which uh, uh, I co-wrote a book with uh, my research collaborator from Monica Lagazio from from Italy, was how do we use artificial intelligence to build computer systems that can be able to predict interstate war. Wow. Uh uh the book has been quite uh, uh, a bit of a success. Uh, it has actually been translated into Mandarin uh, by the Chinese Industry Defense Industry Press. <laughs> uh they even translated my name into Chinese. <laughs> uh, so uh, uh so and and artificial intelligence is really where we are going as a society. Much of the work that we That is done by human beings. It's not going to be done by human beings in in 30, 40 years. It's going to be done by machines. And it has all sorts of implications for us as a university. How does a graduate, uh, what sort of skill set does a graduate uh, uh, must have in order for that graduate to have a place uh, in a world where automation is going to be uh, a norm rather than an exception? Uh, we also worked uh, in economics. Uh, when I was an undergraduate student uh, doing mechanical engineering, my minor was in economics. Mm-hmm. So we have uh, been working in how do we, how do we use artificial intelligence uh, in forecasting of financial markets uh, and so on and so forth. And we have written two books. Uh, the first one was uh, written maybe about four years ago and the latest one is the one on Skynet in the market which is basically saying how does um, the 15 Nobel Prize winning ideas uh, in economics ch- uh, change as a result of the advances in artificial intelligence. Because much of these uh, theories were based on the assumption that the principal decision maker mm-hmm. is a human being. Um, right. That they call them homo economica. Uh, in economics,
0: the rational man, right?
1: Yeah, exactly. And now, how, how how do we move from the rational man to a rational machine, and what are the implications on the theories of uh, of economics that have been proposed thus far? I mean, I think that
0: as society, we're only starting to grapple. Uh, with some of these ideas, I think, in some respect. And yet, this age of machines that you're talking about is almost upon us. Uh, automated cars, um, uh, automated lawyers I've seen. I've even seen automated secretaries, and these things are already uh, uh, available. Uh, Elon Musk is already talking about <laughs> uh, machines taking over the world that we have to be very careful about AI. W- what are your views about what we're going to see in the next 15 to, to 20 years In terms of this machine learning
1: What we're we going to see is more automation Because uh, human intelligence is actually quite a complicated uh, uh, entity you mm-hmm. know, uh, Object, if I may call it that uh, And to fully replicate human intelligence Is, is not easy you yeah. know? Uh, So what has happened is that uh, uh, tasks-based jobs are easily replicated. You can easily build a machine that will be able to to open a door for somebody when they arrive at at, at the doorstep. But it is quite difficult to automate uh, uh, human attributes like uh, empathy, for example. You know, mm-hmm. we probably can have uh, a machine that can be able to look at uh, an individual and diagnose a disease and probably uh, make that uh, machine uh, ha- has a voice uh, to be able to communicate that to the patient but what we will not be able to do is to instill that machine with empathy which is needed when people go to to see a doctor you know so what is going to uh, happen going forward uh, is that uh, Jobs that have what I call human touch Mm -hmm. uh, are going to remain. Uh, Jobs that are task-based, you know, where you are just executing a task, uh, then they are going to uh, disappear because machines are going to take over there.
0: But, Professor, surely that has uh, enormous implications, not just for the world, but, I mean, particularly in South Africa, we have a, a jobless rate of, Anywhere, depending on who you ask, between 25 and 40 percent. Those people who don't have jobs are often looking for unskilled labour. So, from what you're saying, the the machines could eat not into the, not only into those unskilled jobs, but even into the skilled jobs that require repetition. Uh, It's a, it's a. Almost a, a fundamental challenge we're going to have to take on as a society.
1: Absolutely. In fact, this is a revolution that uh, uh, many of us have not uh, begun to understand, and some of us uh, say that some 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 of amongst us uh, would say that no, we should not participate in automation. I always say that uh, it's not a choice that we ha- that we can make because wh- if you are based somewhere in Benoni and you are making some some gadget. Um, and you don't automate and somebody who is in nanjing in china automates uh, you will be out of business very very quickly you know so uh, what we need to uh to do as as thinkers is to ask ourselves how do we construct a society so that uh you know uh, uh the the basis for human beings to exist is not eliminated, and uh, we end up uh, saying to ourselves, uh, "What do we do now, uh, the job is gone." Uh, the era that we are going to enter, they call it the post-work era. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is the this is the era where the jobs are going to be fewer. Uh, I have heard quite a number of people proposing all sorts of uh, solutions. And, um, Elon Musk uh, uh, believes that we, we should. Uh, we should have what he calls the universal basic income mm-hmm. in this era. Uh, I also read uh, Bill Gates saying that uh you know we should tax these robots uh, mm-hmm. the same way we tax human beings if you work for for an organization, you are taxed by SARS, but um it's not quite straightforward how we tax robots, you know certainly not in the same way we tax human beings so uh these are sort of uh so this is quite um, a serious debate that we should have. Uh, uh, on how do we construct society, so that human beings have a stake uh, in such society? Because what is going to happen is that as you move forward, those with uh, access to capital are going to to have the opportunity to buy these machines to be able to to run their factories, you know. Mm-hmm. And those who do not have capital uh, will be left on the wayside. And we suspect that uh, as a result of that. Inequality is going to increase globally.
0: Now, what does that mean? I mean, you're taking over a university, uh, UJ, right? You, your job is to create a university that, uh, creates thinkers, that creates jobs for graduates, that creates, I guess, the right kind of graduate for, for the next era, right? And I think, uh, in some ways, a lot of our student politics is, is focused on the past, which is, uh, I suppose, an important uh, discussion. But I'm not seeing a lot of discussion on our universities in general about how do our universities really respond to these kind of challenges, which are, are coming up very, very quickly. Uh, and, and I don't think in some of the universities I've seen that we're having those discussions to say, how do we equip our graduates and our young people for this world with, which they which they're coming into?
1: Absolutely. I mean, the implications of that, this era is called the fourth industrial age. Mm -hmm. Uh, And the implications of that is that our curricula will have to change. Uh, You know, because technology is going to be everywhere, whether you go and do psychology or sociology, there must be a dose of technology in your curriculum which does not necessarily exist today you know mm-hmm. so uh, uh, and uh, because uh, the jobs that are going to to remain in the future are going to require human touch it will mean that those people who are in the hardcore technology areas must understand about uh, something about sociology psychology and so on and so forth so going forward you're going to see the convergence of disciplines, uh, more humanities uh, in technology subjects and more technologies in humanities. Uh, and we do that so that we can be able to cultivate those skills that are going to be needed in the fourth industrial age. And these skills uh, are skills such as, um, you know, judgment, problem solving, empathy, uh, things that uh, machines cannot be able to replic- re- replicate in a way that
0: human beings do uh, in some ways it 's quite interesting for me because if you go to America, they can spend the first four years literally i won 't say not studying anything, but they study everything rather you can choose that 's what they call the liberal arts model right you you study whatever you want, and then when you get to what they call grad school, then you go become a doctor, lawyer, or accountant in South Africa, you kind of start in a specific stream and that 's where you stay you know and do you think that that sort of silo thinking is 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 perhaps disadvantageous in the Fourth Industrial Revolution because you're not cross-cutting in terms of your thinking.
1: Absolutely. And, and that is probably the reason why social network technologies were not discovered in England mm-hmm. but in the United States. And the reason for that is because the British kids actually specialize far too early. In fact, already when they are doing their A-levels, they are already taking three subjects mm-hmm. uh, specific to, their, uh, to to their areas. Whereas uh, uh when we when when I was an undergraduate student in North America I mean I took acting I took psychology I took economics all these subjects actually are in my curricula you know and I was doing mechanical engineering at that point so uh, we're going to see much more of that we should see much more of that uh so as I move forward uh, uh, at the University of Johannesburg we're going to uh move the University of Johannesburg to have uh, uh, that sort of experience that you see in uh, in, in a North American campus, uh, and the reason why we want to pursue that is because we we are we are uh, uh, confident that that is the sort of education that is needed for the fourth industrial age.
0: But, Professor, do you think, in terms of a, a developing world context like we have, uh, for to ask <coughs> a student, perhaps they don't have a lot of money, or it's, you know, funding is always an issue with with our students to ask them to go for four years uh, funding something which which is has important scaffolding but not necessarily important outcome, is it not too much of an expensive system for a society where we need to get graduates out into the marketplace so they can start uh, generating income for their families and creating stuff for the economy?
1: Well, of course, I mean, uh, the complication with us uh, in South Africa is that we have this concept of a three-year degree mm-hmm. which does not exist in North America, you know so your time is limited you know so what we are saying is that uh, 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 if somebody uh, comes to south africa and they do an honors degree in physics so they do 3 year bsc degree and then they do an honors what we are saying is that such students must have some humanities and social sciences right because that is the same amount of time that a student in north america Spends to get a four-year degree, which is equivalent to our honours, you know. Oh. <laughs> so the curricula must uh, must be reorientated. Um, the obviously uh, 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 the difficulty of funding is is an issue. It's an issue that we need to tackle. Education is expensive, and uh, as we move forward uh, uh, at the University of Johannesburg, my vision is to. Take the University of Johannesburg into Industry and to bring industry into the University of Johannesburg so that we can Deal with some of the issues uh, uh, To do with funding
0: Yeah I think I want to talk about the funding Issue uh, coming up But uh, I think the, we're talking about imagination, about uh, walking difficult roads. So let's take a, a brief bit of music. This is Imagine Dragons and Walking in the Wild. Uh, 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 Stay relevant and up-to-date. <laughs> on- this is 101.9 High FM. 101.9 High FM, I'm Benji Shulman, and this is the New Blue Review, and we're talking robotics and UJ and uh, all things AI uh, with Professor Mawala. He is the uh, VC de- designate at the University of Johannesburg, and we're having a fascinating discussion. Uh, Professor, we've got a, a question for you on the, on the SMS line. It's saying, is there a danger of AIs taking over the world, uh, Facebook, just killed their chatbots because they developed their own language. That's from Jenny. Thank you so much, Jenny, for SMSing that in. Professor, do I have to be worried? Do I have to like uh, get my go watch Terminator films to make sure that I know what I'm doing?
1: Obviously, we always have to be worried because technology can always be used for the for for, for good. <laughs> Any technology can be used for good, and it can also be used for destruction. You <laughs> know, so uh, uh, so we always should be worried. We should have. Uh, firm regulatory framework so that people cannot uh, go and create uh, things that will destroy us. Now, uh, uh, the Facebook story, uh, I actually uh, know Yan Lekun, who is uh, the head of AI at uh, Facebook, and he told me that, no, 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 no. Uh, that story is not what it is reported you know uh, that uh, that particular robot did not create its own language even if even if it did create its own language uh, what will be the reason why we should destroy it for creating its own language because mm-hmm. th- that certainly is not going to hurt anybody but uh, all i can say is that yes um, there are much more advantages that these technologies can bring uh, than destruction if we if we regulate them well for example, the implication of uh, of of of, of uh, these technologies on agriculture is quite huge. You know, mm-hmm. uh, taking aerial images uh, it means we can be able to predict what is going to happen uh, tomorrow much better than we we did in the past, and and certainly we can plan our agriculture much much better. So there are more advantages than there are disadvantages.
0: And I'm very passionate about how do we teach uh, our young people that science and math is important. Uh, You know, uh, for me, I I think it's a mistake when we see the Department of of Basic Education saying, look, you know, you can drop math in in grade 8. This is someone who didn't really like math uh, even at school. But I really think that even the ability to inspire kids uh with science and maths to to think beyond themselves i think it's a very powerful concept i know that one of the things that you've done is participate in a youtube space lab competition where you encourage people uh to uh to do micro experiments microgravity experiments for youtube you even did it with uh with, with stephen Hawking, which i'm sure must have been a very interesting experience but surely that 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 really inspires kids to, to to think beyond themselves.
1: Absolutely. I mean, obviously, the big issue that we have as a country is that we don't have uh, enough inspirational people mm-hmm. who can be able to go around uh, showing that uh, science is important. I mean, if you just look at uh, SABC, you know, uh, what role is SABC playing to encourage interest in science? I mean, I seem to remember when I was still a young man... Uh, as an undergraduate student uh, who used to be religious about watching uh, uh Star Trek
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know of course much of what they you know what they do uh, might not necessarily be scientifically literate uh, uh, but they introduce concepts and imagination which is quite key mm-hmm. for one pursuing the field of science uh, so uh, uh, we have to reorientate our society that uh, Science is accessible to our people, whether it is through television, whether it is through uh, uh, the pro- programs and projects that we do for high schools. Uh, just to give you an example, at the University of Johannesburg, we we do uh, uh, we have a science center, and this science center is meant to do experiments for kids from high schools in Soweto. Mm-hmm. And the implications of that on that on, on those young minds are quite extensive. It's not enough; uh, it can never be enough, you know. Uh, uh, but uh, it's a step in the right direction.
0: How do you find UJ as an institution? Right? Originally, it was the Randolph at Kwanza University. It hasn't been that for quite some time, and, mm. and amalgamated. Uh, has all these different facets to it uh, you, You're talking about changing The way that, that they do curriculum is, is UJ very much a university That's changing with the times in your opinion?
1: Absolutely, I would say that uh, UJ has been very successful uh, uh, It has grown its research output Faster than any other university In the country over the last uh, Ten years um, You know uh, the, the We are at the center of some of uh, the, the, the big ideas that uh, are happening around us, for example, artificial intelligence is a huge strength at the University of Johannesburg. And we have graduate students who come to study this area from as far as Brazil, India, China. Uh, we have those students who come. Of course, they come because they see academics who are world-class and they are well-known and then they will obviously want to study under their supervisions. So uh so it has made great strides. Uh, we have of, almost uh, forgotten that uh certainly from where I'm sitting that uh from UJ uh, uh we had uh Rao, we had West uh, Technicon, we have Vista. I think that is all in the past. Uh, mm-hmm. I think the UJ is clearly defining itself as a university of the fourth industrial age.
0: Yeah, absolutely, uh, a fascinating way to be going and to uh, be a time uh, in such university uh, Professor, talk to us a bit about uh, you, uh, the Jewish students uh, UJ probably has the second or, or third highest number of, of Jewish students in, in the country uh, if, if you are a Jewish parent listening to this program, uh, or Jewish student wh- Why would you encourage them to, to go to UJ? Well,
1: you will encourage them to go to UJ because it's an excellent university Uh, It is a university that welcomes people from all religious affiliations. Maybe just to talk about me personally, I have supervised uh, 70 masters and doctoral students. And of those 70, 20 of them were Jewish students. Uh, We have had, uh, we have staff members who are Jewish. Uh, I mean, I remember when, uh, when uh, uh, we were having an argument, uh, one of our students, a Jewish student uh, wanted to take a test. I think it was during Rosh Hashanah, and uh, some of our academics, uh, uh, you know, uh, 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 they, we had differences on how to rearrange a makeup exam, you know. And uh, 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 I, I took advantage of the fact that uh, one of my PhD student, uh, former PhD student, was a lecturer to go and cancel the young man after all these things is done, you know. So we are a nurturing environment. And we are a university that is open for all people, including the Jewish students. Uh, I would uh, particularly like to personally go to Jewish schools, uh, particularly uh, schools that have people who are writing metrics so that I can talk more about the University of Johannesburg and what we are doing and uh, to assure them that they are welcome to the University of Johannesburg.
0: Uh, certainly, uh, and it is a very diverse campus if you go there, you will see people from all parts of uh you know the the the, the country really that come to u j uh to to study and 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 grow and learn uh, professor, one of the things which you know, i think some people in the community do remember that there was this fight between uh, UJ and uh, Ben-Gurion, uh at some at some point, and there was—I uh, mean, it was quite a long time ago. I, is that still an issue? Should people be worried about no, that? No, there's,
1: there, there's absolutely that's absolutely not an issue. UJ does not have an academic boycott with uh, with, with universities uh, anywhere. Mm-hmm. So uh, uh, we have uh, our. Or academics that are attending conferences everywhere in the Middle East, uh, in Israel, in so 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 so. I don't think it's an issue. Uh, It's 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 all in the past. Uh, We have to look forward uh, to building a university that is fit for purpose and that takes our people into an either. That is going to be very difficult for us If we don't organize ourselves
0: mm-hmm. uh, We're t- chatting to Professor Marwala, he's the designate uh, VC from UJ. and if you have any questions You can SMS us 34519 Email us on air At or tweet us at, at khayefem You can also WhatsApp us on 0621482374 We're going to take a, a short break Now we we come back we'll be speaking to the Professor again <laughs> A frequency like no other. 101.9 high FM one point nine. Hi, I'm Benji Shulman and this is the new Blue Review. Welcome back. We're speaking to Professor Mawala. We're taking a trip down AI Lane today, uh, talking about artificial intelligence. Uh, will this program be run by a robot in the next 10 years? Well, we'll have to find out. Apparently not. You have to be creative, but I don't know. Then probably a robot could do it. Uh, <laughs> for my particular program. Professor, you're doing a lecture coming up very soon on this issue that you, you spoke about, about the impact of machines on economic thinking, what you, you called earlier Skynet in the marketplace. Uh, when First of all, when is that lecture happening? It's actually on the 24th
1: of August at... Uh yeah, eleven o'clock uh, at the University of Johannesburg Library,
0: and and it's open for, for anyone absolutely, to attend. Absolutely, and, and the content of the talk you you, you say is about this this theory of, of machines and economics.
1: Yeah, basically what we what we are doing is to uh, 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 it's, it's based on the book that I co wrote. Uh, with an individual from the community, uh, Evan Herwitz, uh, and I wrote this book. We have been dreaming about this book for a very long time. Mm -hmm. Uh, We finally wrote it, and it is published now. Uh, And and what happens is that you have all these big economic ideas that have changed uh, the world of economics. Uh, Supply and demand. How does supply and demand theory change, given the fact that uh, the person who is... uh, who is making decisions is now a machine, not a human beings, And we are finding out that uh, uh, these online platforms that we have uh, actually allow uh, uh, one to have uh, a seller to have uh, a demand curve of an individual. Mm-hmm. Because when you go to pick and pay, you are subjected to the aggregate demand and supply curve. And because of that, you pay a particular price, which is the same for everybody Mm -hmm. who comes to pick and pay. But if you go to a market in Delhi, you know, uh, the same good can be sold for... 10 Different prices you have to negotiate the price you know so we are going to see much more of that coming into online, which means when you go to Amazon to buy a book, depending on your, on your demand curve, you will pay more money than somebody else who does not have uh, an appetite for for, for buying individualized uh, buying then you have uh, theories such as uh, information asymmetry, which mm. one also won uh, uh, somebody a nobel prize uh, uh, and and there again um, in the level of information asymmetry is going to be reduced, making markets much more efficient mm-hmm. If uh, because of the advent of uh, this uh, artificial intelligence technology, big data, search, much more sophisticated search algorithms. So, when you go to the marketplace, you know much more about the marketplace than before. Again, Uh, It uh, reduces what uh, 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 Stiglitz won a Nobel Prize for this, that uh, information asymmetry distorts the market. Mm -hmm. It it improves the distortion of the market. And we have uh, uh, theories such as... um, uh, the you know uh, uh, the theory of uh, rational choice mm-hmm. and rational expectations uh, in economics, which basically says that uh, you know when we make uh, predictions of the future, we try to become as rational as possible. You know, uh, uh, and and because of that, uh, our ability to make a mistake systematically is uh, is subdued a little bit. You know. Now, if uh, the person who is making such a decision is a machine, again, uh, it makes the theory of rational expectations much more valid than ever before.
0: First, I also wanted to ask a very quickly, because um, we're all running out of time, so two minutes if you could answer. This book that you write, that you wrote about warfare being predicted using AI. If, if your basis, if you're saying that machines are particularly bad on the empathy level and the creativity level, isn't that what all warfare is about?
1: No, no. All, all, all warfare, uh, most warfare, are about interest, right? And uh, and and if you look at uh, what we do in our book, uh, for example, we find out that uh, if countries share border.
0: Mm-hmm
1: uh the probability of them going to war uh, is higher than if they don't share a border if they are small countries that are distant the probability is even lower you know right so uh, uh, uh and uh, the cause of conflict is 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 differences in asymmetry in interests
0: you know okay
1: uh, whether it is interest over resources or interest over ideas or ideologies uh, Uh, And so on and so forth
0: Professor, I could talk to you all day about this But unfortunately we have run out of time Very, very quickly because I do have people who uh, Are are looking for details of your lecture Details of UJ People who want to have a book Where can they find you? Where can they find details of UJ? Uh,
1: Details of UJ if you go to our website www.uj.ac.za Details of my book If you go to Amazon And you (laughs) type my last name M-A-R-W-A-L-A You will find those books there. I have authored 12 books. So you will find uh, on militarized interstate disputes, on economics, uh, on engineering, and so on and so forth.
0: Amazing. Such a pleasure having you in studio, Professor. Thank you so much for being with us. And good luck, uh, only the best things for an important institution in our society. Thank you very much. Next up, Cathy Kayla. Enjoy your week. We'll be back with you next week on the New Blue Review.